and welcome to the Hand in Hand show where caregivers and survivors have honest discussions about stroke. We are a part of Stroke Focus Podcasts. This is Cam, your host. What do you think you know about service dogs? Do you know the difference between a service dog or a therapy dog? There is a great company in Atlanta doing this in a unique way and attracting people from all over. Join us and learn about this wonderful business and what this woman does. This podcast was brought to you by Unlimited Possibilities. Unlimited Possibilities is a stroke and brain injury support group and a member of the Georgia Brain Injury Association. Today we're here with Kimberly who is the founder of Animals Deserve Better, Incorporated. We're talking to her about service dogs. I'm just really excited because she is doing a great service to many people, not just stroke and brain injury. Kimberly, welcome. Thank you very much, Kim. Yes, absolutely. I love talking to people, but especially things that I have passions about. So animals are a passion of mine. And from what I've read about you, they, they are for you also because you started, um, you trained horses. Did you have a riding school in Florida? Yes, um, I've actually been riding since I was about two years old um, over in Scotland where I was born. And then when I came over to the United States, um, I wanted to go ahead and continue doing that. So I um, opened a, um, a facility in Sarasota, Florida. And um, I had a riding school there and um, did dressage, um, hunter jumper, all those kind of things. And I uh, have been doing that uh, on and off all my life. That's great. And I'm familiar with all different forms of riding just because my daughter did uh, all of them, but, but her preference was uh, dressage. But that led you, it sounds like, to volunteering at a shelter. Uh, yes, what actually happened was uh, is when we had the, the riding school, we also uh, rescued dogs from the local animal shelter. And um, at that point, I decided to spend some of my time helping and volunteering down there. And uh, then when we uh, moved up to Atlanta, Georgia, um, I continued that uh, volunteering in between uh, you know, um, everything else that I was involved in. And uh, saw an awful lot of things as volunteers um, that you cannot change. So I decided in 2004 um, that I was actually going to open my own nonprofit and have a, a decision on what was actually going on with the animals that we took under our wing. And that's what started off the whole program way back then. Wow. You had to go back to school, though, to become a master dog trainer. That's right. Um, I went back and have been, um, well, I've actually been training over 18 years, but um, yes, I went back to school, did many hours of uh, physical and uh, written uh, training to get my master's, and then I still continue to do, um, you know, more work uh, online and continue to improve my knowledge as well as doing hands-on and training for uh, special needs now. Do you get all of your dogs from like shelters or or you find your own abandoned dogs or you no um as far as abandoned dogs as a rescue we're not allowed to pick a dog up off the street we have to uh turn them into the shelter in case somebody is looking for them um but um so we we rescue from uh local animal control and other 
you know, we have about 300 or so, unfortunately, animal shelters and rescues that we deal with. And so it, it all depends as far as, you know, we, we take those dogs in, pregnant moms, orphan pups, and then we place them with families as regular pets. But um, some of those animals that we rescue are also evaluated to become potential service or therapy or emotional support dogs. And those are the dogs that we place into our Pause for Life program. So, you know, we've done quite a few, probably done around over 3,000 dogs in total since 2004. Um, of which we usually end up placing anywhere between 30 and 50 a year um, for service therapy or emotional support. All I can say is, wow. Yeah, it's amazing, um, you know, what uh, when you, you know, rescue some of these animals and bring them into your home. I mean, I've had pups born in my house, and then um, the mom's gone into service, and every one of her pups have gone into service. And I, you know, every animal that we place into service were with our dogs for life. Uh, yeah. Because disabilities constantly change, so we, we I get to see them. Um, yeah. So over the years, you know, an animal that was actually born in my home that I helped give life to, I, I see for all of their life. So if the circumstances of the person who's using the dog changes, or or their circumstance changes and they need different training, they come back to you. Yeah, they're with, they're with us forever. So I mean, uh, training a service dog never really you know ends because. Somebody who has a disability can present certain situations in their disability as it is right now, but you know, an hour or two hours or two months or two years can make a big change in that individual's life, whether it's medically changed or whether you know improvements or um, it doesn't go so well. But the dog needs to be constantly on the go, being alert to new differences and new changes in their handler's life. So we're always there and we're always available 24-7. Um, to be able to answer any questions that our handlers have with our dogs. And then if the dog needs to have, you know, additional training done, maybe um, somebody who has a terminal brain injury um, has uh, something else, maybe they develop uh, diabetes or they start having seizures, well, then we have to work with the dog to be able to help that handler uh, be able to adjust to having uh, a different type of disability going on with their life. So we're there to work with the dog on that also. Okay, that's something that I didn't know. That's wonderful. So mm -hmm. you train service dogs, but you also do therapy dogs? Yes, um, and there is a difference between those two. Um, a therapy dog is a dog that is placed with a family or a handler or an individual, and then they go through training, and it usually takes eight to ten months, and then they have a test that they have to pass and then an evaluation um, that allows that handler to be able to take their dog to visit people in nursing homes or hospitals, uh, hospice, that kind of thing. Whereas, so that dog can give TLC love and affection to somebody else who maybe is having an uh, infusion or, or is in hospital or, and uh, is needing some 20 minutes of puppy time versus a service dog who is individually trained to perform tasks for an individual that either cannot or doesn't have the ability to perform for themselves. And that dog is not trained to handle it for anybody else. So that dog is specifically trained for that one individual. And, yeah. and then a therapy dog, yeah, a therapy dog can only go into certain uh, locations with their handler, whereas a service dog can go everywhere with their handler except for... Um, you know, like a, um, a sterile environment or some religious organizations don't allow dogs. But otherwise than that, they go everywhere. While I was in a rehabilitation hospital, we did have right. 
hogs. We had several that would come in, all different sizes, all different, because some were um, a little older and they weren't able to jump up on the beds or they were big and they yeah. didn't know how to get up in a chair. I mean, you know, it was really, yeah. They would, one lady. Is, I mean, um, yeah, what? I just retired my St. Bernard, um, who has been a therapy dog since the day he was born. And basically he's now um, turning 11. And uh, his back legs no longer, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll try and get to go and see the kids and stuff like that. But his legs just don't want to carry him anymore. So he's being retired and we're getting our great Dane into the plan, into the program. So, yeah, uh -huh. it's a shame when you see them that they want to work and they, they no longer have the physical capability to do it. So, yeah, it's a shame. It, but, it yeah, is. he's one of those cases where he couldn't get on the bed and that kind of thing. Yeah, it, it is sad when that happens because. Um, I think dogs enjoy having a job, even though it may oh, not be a job. But, um, mm -hmm. yeah, there was one lady who had a, a small dog, and she would carry her in. And, I mean, she had bows in her hair and all sorts of stuff. And she would actually do, you know, like laying the dog down next to somebody. And, you know, yeah. it, was, it was so touching because the dog really wanted to do her job. She wanted to be there. That's right. That's so, right. It's true. I mean, dogs love to work. I mean, I can't imagine staying home all day and just, like, lying on the floor, just, you know, waiting, even though dogs per se don't have a, um, you know, like every day they see you is like a, a moment they just left you a few seconds ago. But, yes, dogs love to do something. They, I mean, they have incredible minds, and they, they love to do something to help. I mean, that's what they're all about. Yes. Um, you know, I had, I've had several dogs over the years, and, and one dog I remember in particular probably would have made a, either a good service dog or a therapy dog, but um, in the beginning, as she was young, she would jump all over everyone. But then I noticed right. she wasn't jumping on me anymore. She knew I was pregnant before right. I did. Yep. You know, yep. and, and, and she took care of the little one when she started walking. She would decide that, you know, wherever she was walking was not safe, and she'd push her away and, you know, not hard. It makes you she wonder, was, doesn't it? Yeah, it really makes you wonder. Yeah. So it was, it, it's interesting what dogs can do and, and what uh, they, um, I guess, kind of, it, it's, just there that part of it is just there we just need to it is to yeah i mean we haven't even started to tap the source of what dogs can do for us but when you think about it i mean dogs speak every single language in the world dogs mm -hmm. also know how to detect cancer um they know how to detect uh pressure changes in our body blood changes heart issues um they know how to be able to detect seizures and um diabetics and they know how to be able to do all of these kind of things and we just sort of seem to think that you know this is incredible I mean not one human being can do any of that and right. yet an awful lot of dogs can or and also an awful lot of dogs I think a majority of them can they just don't know how to communicate so that we can understand what they're trying to tell us and you know as trainers what we try to do and say here you know you have to learn how to read your dog's body language and what your dog does and you have to know your dog inside out to be able to know what they're trying to tell you because unless you have that language and that communication you're not going to be able to understand that your dog is actually trying to save your life right right and and that's what I was I guess getting to about this this one dog that I'd had it was just 
she knew what she was doing. She knew that right. she was protecting or, or she felt that something was different. And she, like I said, she knew way before I did that I was pregnant. She quit jumping. So, you knew yep. they do. And, you know, and then we see the dogs who are trained for drugs and, and different yep. things. But yep. uh, different work. How do you pick a dog? How do you know that that one, I mean, I know they don't all work even if you pick them, but right. how, what do you look for in a service dog or in a therapy dog? Yeah, I mean, and it basically all depends, you know, uh, what we do is we custom train the dogs for the individual. Um, okay. So when, and we also, you know, evaluate somebody who maybe has their own dog and is already part of their family and is already, you know, been there since a baby. So they have a tendency also to have, you know, already an insight as to what's going on with the family or their handler. But as far as, you know, going into like um, seeing, you know, like if you get a, um, a puppy from, you know, one of the families or one of the groups that we work with a lot, not a rescue dog that we don't know anything about, but we know the bloodline, we know the history, we know what um, the ancestors and what type of, of work the dogs or haven't been before, whether they're in police or show or whatever. But the evaluation is all the same is that, you know, with a puppy, you see if they come to you first. Um, there are some proven techniques that, that are available to say, you know, you know, you want to be able to put a pup on their back, hold them in your arms, and they don't, you know, move around an awful lot. Or, um, you know, they're not the ones that stay away from the rest of the litter, but if you call them, they're one of the ones that comes towards you, and they don't sort of, like, back off from you. They want the human interaction more than they want the, uh, the puppy or the mum's interaction. Um, so there's a lot of different things that we work with. And, and for, for me, when I go and see a litter of pups, I, you know, I see them as soon as possible after they're born. And I do a quick evaluation at that time because, you know, like humans, they change as, you know, the weeks go by. And then I go back and visit them each week and see if my initial choices are still the ones that um, I'm picking or selecting. And that goes on until they're eight or nine weeks old. And at that time, if the, if the pups have changed or moved on, then, you know, the one, one usually that I have had in mind right the way from the beginning is the one that I usually end up taking home. And I place that dog with the particular person that I have in mind to do that particular task for that individual. Okay. All right. So you work closely, it sounds like, with um, a stroke support group, uh, well, and brain injury I support group. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they're a wonderful group, and in fact, uh, I got to know uh, more about them uh, when one became my client, and um, and since then, um, we've had some great meetings, and I've brought some of my other clients in to demonstrate exactly what the service dogs can do for them, and um, it, it's definitely a pleasure um, to be able to, you know, try and say, you know... Uh, you know, this is something that is possible for you if it's something that you think you may need. Um, mm -hmm. Because, you know, sometimes, you know, you, if, you know, if they have a caregiver or whatever, for me, it's a case of, you know, here's unconditional love and another set of, you know, eyes and ears and, and, and paws that can be of assistance and help. And some people with disabilities, and quite a few of them that I have met over the years, they don't like to ask. They want to be independent. Um, they want to feel like they have a control over their life, and sometimes it may or may not be possible to a certain extent, but having a dog uh, gives them some form of power to be able to take back some independence that they may have and be able to go and get things for them and not have to ask another human to do it for them. 
And that gives people an incredible ability to regain that independence and to feel that they can do things. And in a lot of instances, it does help. I really think that that's true because I knew in the beginning when I had my stroke, I was not able to drive. And there were many things uh, within the house that I was not able to do without help. And I get really frustrated. I mean, I know that a dog can't drive. That was one of my biggest ones. Yeah. There were so many other things. I mean, I couldn't cook. I couldn't sometimes even get into the refrigerator. I mean, there's just so, you know, fortunately for me, at least, I have been able to move past most of that and can do most things on my own. But but it is, you know, it's frustrating to see other people going through what I did and and that they may not um, at this time be able to get as far as I have. So this is wonderful. Yeah, you know, sometimes with the, the assistance of a dog, it can help help you progress and help you get through the process quicker. Um, mm-hmm. You know, based on where you're at, it can give you that incentive to move forward instead of, you know, sitting back and being reliant. So anything that can help you move forward and progress is wonderful. Oh, absolutely. So um, that's, uh, do you just work with Unlimited Possibilities? Um, and Kelly Campbell, or do you work with other groups? Like No, um, as far as other groups, I, I have an awful lot of individuals that are either military or non-military that have TBI from one various reason or another. Um, so they are individuals. The only TBI group that I do work with is, is Kelly, yeah, okay. as of now. Okay, so it sounds like you all found each other because one of her group members was using your services. That's correct. Otherwise, we hadn't uh, we hadn't started any association or gone to any of the meetings up until that point where we, you know, when my client said, you know, you've got to come, you've got to come, you've got to come. I said, okay, set us out, we'll go. <laughs> and uh, that's where we've gone from there. So tell me, if someone's interested in a therapy dog or a service dog, how do they get a hold of you? Um, uh, well, uh, a lot of our uh, clients um, come to us from word of mouth, from either seeing one of our dogs out there working or going online and uh, looking up service dog in, in the uh, Georgia area or, or anywhere, just looking up service dogs. We don't uh, basically, we have a website. We don't advertise or, you know, uh, go out to different places to try and um, promote um, because we don't do things in, um, you know, we don't breed our own dogs, so we don't have hundreds of dogs that are available. Um, we work on, you know, making sure that it's the right match and placing actual fact that the dog with the individual at, at, you know, like four months of age or whatever age they feel that they can cope with and working with them on the bonding uh, them together. And so we work more closely with our customers or our clients than some other organizations that do. And um, so, so we restrict ourselves to having, you know, time that we spent, excuse me, my shepherd's barking at me, uh, spending time working with, um, with our clients that way. And so what we do is we, we place the dogs with our clients and we hand walk them and hand work with them from the time that they're babies and move them. You know, they do all the work with the dogs. They house break them. They 
take them out anywhere with them. They socialize with them. They get to know them inside out. So when we start adding in the custom training, the dogs and the handler are already know each other. And that's what helps move the progress forward and actual factor brings the, the training, you know, much easier for somebody than, than a dog that has been out with a foster family for 15 or 18 months and bonds with them instead of bonding with the handler may know a multitude of different things, but then still has to be custom trained to whatever that individual is looking for. So we, we do all of that right off the start, right from the very beginning. And um, I think people, you know, like that. And so when they hear about it, they come to us. And that's where we get our clients from. Okay. Well, you know, I do like the fact that you work with the client and the dog because you're right. It, it creates a bond. And I know many of the places train the dogs and then you go and meet the dog and maybe work with them for a, a week or, you know, or a day or two that's or right. what it is. Yeah. And then you take them home. But that's right have a service where you know you work with them all during the training and they can right. come to you for more training if if you know things change a little bit or um you know whatever right. the circumstances are and i i really like that part of this somebody who's in st louis like i am you know probably <laughs> this wouldn't be a good fit for me to to call you and say, hey, I, I want a service dog or I want a therapy dog because I would right. need to near you for months before this all came um, about. So, um, well, we, I, have, yeah, we, have, we have people that come from Arizona, Virginia, uh, mm -hmm. Washington State, and uh, they come and uh, they train with us over, you know, two or three days and then they go home. And then they come back uh, a month later once they've mastered because we work with them on email, Skype, all those kind of things whilst they're gone or they can call up with any questions they have. And mm -hmm. once they've mastered what we first taught them, then they come back and they get the next phase. And so they, they progress on. And we, so, I mean, it takes up to probably two years of consistent mm -hmm. working with somebody and then it can, you know, slack off a little bit. But um, they're always available anytime uh, to come and stay and hang out and, and work with the dogs. Wow. I, you know, I just, you know, think that this, I, I can't say enough about how uh, much I enjoy hearing this, all of this from you, because I believe that service dogs, therapy dogs, they are so needed. And there's, it, it seems like there are so, maybe there are more than I know of, but it doesn't seem like there's a lot of places to go to get, um, to be able to get this type of uh, training for your dog or, or to find a dog mm -hmm. who has this training. So I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart because I know how hard, you know, or how many people need um, this service. Yeah, I think more people are starting to, um, you know, a, a lot of people that, anyway, of my clients that I'm hearing from, um, they're fed up with the fact that, you know, their doctors seem to be, coming to, you know, like a brick wall and just plying them with more medication and just, you know, they feel like they're being zombies and that they're not getting anywhere and they're not progressing. And then um, all of a sudden they, you know, they, they're taking off those medications and they're giving something else because it doesn't work. And right. um, so many of them are coming on board and, and getting their dog and working with their dog and they're actually going back to their doctors a year later 
and the doctors are moving off their meds and reducing their medication down because the dogs are actually helping um, with whatever their disability happens to be. Now, I'm not saying that's the, you know, the case for everybody, but you know, quite a few of our clients have gone back a year later for their checkups, and the dogs are amazed at what the dogs have been able to help the person with. Oh, absolutely, because it, it, they help, but they also help, help you gain confidence. Even if you have, you know, anxiety, I don't know how they do, well, animals in general do it. I mean, even if the dog isn't really trained, just having my dog and my kitties, you know, near me, it's always a calming yeah. effect. So I it's love true. I mean, you, Yeah, you come home from a bad day at work or something else like that, and you go home and you sit down for five minutes and you give your cat a hug and you, you pet your dog. It's amazing how much uh, relaxation and um, peace that that yeah. can bring. Yes. It's funny, in my household, um, the, the two kitties that I have and, and the dog, the dog was mine, and I've never been a cat person because I always thought I was allergic to them. I'd always start sneezing and stuff, and, and these two, I've been fine, but I'm there like, you go. I know, I'm like the kitty mama now, and they won't leave me alone. They, like, sleep with me. They sit with me. <laughs> They're so cute. And then my dog has adopted my boyfriend. There you go. Not my dog. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so this kind that of happens, fun. That happens more than you know. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, but but they they picked us, you know. They, they do. They we're good people when they switch owners or something. I don't know. <laughs> but then, yeah, you turn around to say, well, what did I do? <laughs> Yeah, I know. So anyway, um, Kimberly, thank you. Thank you so much. I want, um, again, to uh, thank you for forming Animals Deserve Better Incorporated. And um, if anybody has any questions, they can do a Google search or, um, you know, if they're in Georgia especially, they can they should be able to find you fairly easily. And um, But if you... If, if people have questions, they can also contact us at uh, Stroke Focus on the Hand in Hand show, um, you know, and we will be more than happy to answer their questions. So, again, All right, that's my pleasure. So, thank you, Kimberly. I've enjoyed this that's so much. Uh, have a great day. And, uh, and if, uh, if anybody wants to contact me directly, they can do it at animalsdeservebetter.org on the website. And I'll be happy to answer any questions. And um, hopefully between the two of us, we can see if we can get um, other people with TBI and, and stroke under you know, some full part loving care. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Hand in Hand Show. We hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to keep the discussion going, please join Stroke Focus, the social media website dedicated to stroke survivors and caregivers. Stroke Focus is S-T-R-O-K-E-F-O-C-U-S. Stroke Focus is a part of Wohala, which in Mandarin means I have survived. If you wish to be a part of the show or would like to be interviewed as part of the show, please contact us at contact at strokefocus.net.